you are not the first to pass this way, nor will you be the last. That's all I remember from that part, but... It's been a while, so, well, I mean... I am intimidated, as you should be. Spooky. It's a very spooky bit, because Odin's just staring at you as you is go up that lift hill. Ride? Although, yeah, although I... it is fitting with the, you're not the first to pass this way, and you won't be the last, because this is not the first time we have passed through the frozen world, and it probably won't be the last. <laughs> Yes, no. premiering here for the first time, news that Frozen 3 will be... Oh, never mind. Wait, no, that hasn't been... We don't know that. That has I not just, been revealed at I'm, this point. I'm making false, I'm faking false promises Allegedly. Here. Allegedly. <laughs> Alle- you heard it here first, allegedly. <coughs> this that news. allegedly they are considering allegedly another Frozen movie. Allegedly. I, feel I like don't know that they have a track record of making sequels to movies that make money. I don't know that that's a thing that they do, so... Hello! Welcome to Anna Musings. I'm your host, Kayla King, and I'm joined by my other co-host, David King. Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo! It's good to be here. And, uh, we couldn't do this without our returning friends, Angie Viper and Sean. Oh, hi, it's me. I'm also here. I'm the princess. And we are here to discuss, once again, Frozen. But not exactly. It's Frozen... Two! Frozen Dose! Frozen Roman numeral two eyes. Frozen, but different this time. Frozen, but stuff that happens after the events of the movie Frozen. But not like the two shorts that came out in between the two movies. If this movie had been just those two shorts, it could have been Frozen Two Shorts. (laughs) (laughs) Ha ha! I hate you. I I, hate I'm glad. I'm glad. It's okay. I say that to him every single day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It comes with comes with the territory, you know. Yeah. Um, it's wonderful to have you both back on the show, though. It's wonderful to be back. Yeah, we are in the last three films of our Animusings run, which is crazy. Wow, really? Yeah, yeah. At least for the for the canon as it stands. After this, we have Raya and the Last Dragon and Encanto, and then we're done until another one comes out. Does oh, wow. Turning Red not? Can no, I? that's Pixar. But you did... We're not doing Pixar. Oh, no, Ralph Breaks the Internet is Disney. It yeah. is. Never mind. Just yeah. kidding. Yeah, I'm, glad we're, right. I'm glad we're not talking about Ralph Breaks the Internet again. <laughs> Please, no. No, never again. Well, uh, I would loud like to turn the our attention over to a resident historian, Kayla, who, as always, has done due diligence and looked up the production history of Frozen 2. Thank you. Now, you might have heard... <laughs> A couple different things, but I just went off of the interviews that I read or uh, and articles I read. There were some things on Wikipedia I saw, but couldn't, like, when I read it, I'm like, this doesn't really prove that based on the article I read. So, yeah. But from what I gathered, we got producer Peter Del Vecchio, Chris Buck, and Jennifer Lee. And, yes, there was like, oh, if we could do Frozen 2, again, uh, a sequel to Frozen, that'd be totally fine. But it wasn't really until... They made the short Frozen Fever in 2015 that they realized they really missed these characters. (laughs) And they would love to return to them. And another thing, too, is they were actually talking to artists and students. And one of the questions they kept hearing was, where did Elsa get her powers? Why does she have them? And they kept struggling with those questions like, well, we don't don't really know. And they're like, maybe that's something we could explore. This movie does leave you with a lot of questions about... Elsa and the world that the characters live in. That's totally valid. The one thing I'll give Frozen is this, is it there is enough of world building and enough questions that we don't know that 
I could absolutely see a sequel happening. I couldn't. I can't say the same for Wreck It Ralph. After Wreck It Ralph, I'm like, there's no need for a sequel. <laughs> yeah, really Why do not. we need this? Yeah. So we're not done with this world. So they went to the studio, and the studio was extremely supportive. They're like, yeah, of course. You you made basically created a movie that made the most money we have ever seen. This prints this- money. <laughs> this actually just prints money. It's got Olaf's face on it. Uh-huh. 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 So they're like, yeah, do it. Do it, please. Now, from the start, filmmakers knew what the destination was going to be. They knew what the ending had to be. And that was Anna had to become queen and Elsa had to become free. And their goal while writing this was, how do we justify this? How do we get to that ending? We had Jennifer Lee return as the main writer, as well as co-director. She wrote about 40 different versions of the script. Although props, uh, cause Kristen, uh, Anderson Lopez and Robert Lopez were brought back for the music, mm-hmm. and they also helped out with the story part as well. Mm-hmm. But unlike last movie where 20 songs were scrapes, there were only seven songs that were scrapes. That's not as bad. <laughs> that is not as bad. Definitely not as bad. So time passes, and one of the things that does happen, and as we discussed in the previous episode, is in 2018, Jennifer Lee took over as chief creative officer, taking over for John Laster after he had to step down due to um, sexual abuse allegations, which we discussed in the previous episode. So around that time, because, I mean, she's now the basically the leader for Disney Animation Studios, Alison Schroeder was brought in, who wrote for Hidden Figures and Christopher Robin. And oh. Yeah. Uh, the new Christopher Robin. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, she <clears throat> she was brought in to help as a supporting writer to continue the story. Oh, nice. So I say this because there are moments in this movie where you're like, yep, a woman wrote this. There is no doubt in my mind a woman wrote this. So if you haven't guessed, they took a lot of inspiration from the Scandinavian region and Old Norse tales. A lot more for this movie than they did in the previous one. And this included inspiration from the indigenous Sami culture. So in the first, the first Rosa movie did that too. They actually did borrow from Scandinavia's indigenous culture, but they didn't consult with them. The first film included like the opening song, which actually used traditional indigenous uh, singing, as well as the clothing of the Kristoff character, who was actually supposed to be a a Sami outdoorsman. Forgive me if I'm pronouncing it wrong. Basically, it's different than what it should be. So, for Frozen 2, they created an agreement between the Walt Disney Company, the Transnational Sami Council, and the Sami parliaments of Norway, Sweden, and Finland, and then collaborated with them to help develop the fictional tribe of Northuldra. I think once we get into the story, I can explain where some of these uh, inspirations came from. Sure. So I'll, I'll hold off on that until later. But the one thing they wanted to do is they have more of a fall color pattern where compared to Frozen, it was completely winter. And they did this to signify Elsa and Anna taking a journey to a completely new place where basically they will be tested. So the film was released in November 22nd, 2019. One Disney Plus. <laughs> Frozen 2 documentary. Anybody's curious. <laughs> the budget was 150 million. Oh boy, how much did they make? Well, well, <clears throat> their domestic was 477 million and internationally wow. 
972 million altogether accumulating to 1 billion 450 million dollars. That's right. It surpassed the original Frozen's 1.2 billion. This now is the most successful in terms of monetary gross animated Disney film ever to occur. Like that's that's it. That's crazy. It, it's still wow. And and the reason why it still makes me smile is because to all those like Disney producers who said no no boy is going to see a princess movie. No one's going to see one with a princess protagonist. One billion four hundred fifty million. Yeah, sure. They're not. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, sure. <laughs> well, they've never made that, that was, mistake before. That was exclusively <laughs> females. Yeah. Yeah. Only, of course. Only only women contributed. To only that. women have that much money. That. <laughs> 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 um. So I looked at the reviews. They were generally favorable, but it was clear the reviewers liked this less than the the original. What they praised was the visual and themes. What they didn't like, though, was the narrative and lack of focus. And I can kind of see that, and I think we can get into that when we get into the movie itself, or when we talk about the movie. Do we talk about the history? I mean, David is in my history as we just saw this movie last night. We had never seen Frozen 2 before this. And we, we discussed that on our Frozen episode, how we were going to wait to watch it until we were prepared to do this uh, discussion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, though, this is where I want to turn the floor over to you two, because if you want to go back and hear the personal connections that Angie and Sean have with this film, which are which is an amazing story in itself, that's it's a fantastic episode. Somehow we managed to keep it under three hours, which is crazy. <laughs> Somehow. <laughs> I don't know what it's going to be like with this one, but um, why don't I turn the floor over uh, to you two so you can talk a bit about, you know, coming into Frozen 2. Do you want to start? <laughs> <laughs> it's just... I didn't want to steamroll you. I don't know. <laughs> I was just curious if you wanted to start. Well, so... Hi. Um, <laughs> hi, Sean. Thank you. Sean AKA the Alpha, Alpha Wolf, Wolf Dagron. Dagron. Yeah. <laughs> That's yes. Dagron, not Dragon. It's called D-A-G-R-O-N. <laughs> My baloney has a first read. It's D-A-G-R-O-N. Doesn't quite work, but okay. I don't know what to... I, I can't make as as explosive uh, as an, uh, an entrance to this uh, as I probably could for Frozen 1. And now... I was, I was making a bit, Angie was staring at me. It was like, oh, did you want to start? And then she stares at me and I'm like, oh, I, I, <laughs> I found myself not having something prepared. And that is sort of the issue. And I, I feel bad because. Don't. For, well, no, no, no. It's not because of like the, the recording or the, the show or anything. I feel bad because I'm like, I just. I loved Frozen 1 so much, and I enjoy Frozen 2. I just didn't find myself... And I feel extra bad, too, because um, I am someone who who absolutely loves... You know, like, when they made a Three Ninjas movie in, like, 1993, <laughs> oh and then God. they made another one. Like, you have to understand... Like, I'm, I'm having a bigger conversation with myself 
in the present time right now because there's there's YouTube commenters and there's all those all those whiners who hated Frozen 1 because, you know, Twitter told them to hate Frozen 1 because the song was annoying, and then it made $6 trillion. And then, <laughs> you know, fast forward to now, like you were saying, Kayla, oh, well, it made more money than the first one. So the same people that hated Frozen 1, uh, but you know, they hated it into making a, a billion dollars, now they're going to say things like... Oh, well, Frozen 2 wasn't as good. It's like, okay, wait a minute. Did you, did you like it or did you hate it? So it's when people like me enter into the conversation. Like, <laughs> there's different tiers. There's YouTube today is not what it was 10 years ago, which is not what it was 15 years ago. Discussing sure. movies isn't the same. And it's not just because I'm 30 years old now. Like, you, we all grew up in the time when you would like VHS something off of TV yeah. to watch it or, you know, and, and not to, uh, I, I always trail off into a million things, but my, my three ninjas kind of thing was, you know, three, the three ninjas movie exploded onto the scene and there was no internet or some liberal or conservative or some YouTuber to tell you why this was the greatest thing or the worst thing, or, oh, I'll just see what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about this. It was... On the back of cereal boxes, yeah. and it was the thing that you liked. And yeah. then, oh my god, they made another one? You get to revisit this world, and kids are a little bit older now, and they went to, I, I believe they went to Japan, and they, like, learned, like, ninja stuff. And yeah. it was the, the point I'm making is, is this, this revisitation of, of, of extending a story, which again, I'm qualifying everything that I'm saying because, you can't throw a rock without hitting somebody who wants to complain about the new this franchise movie and why it's the best thing ever or the worst thing ever or they mm -hmm. cast all females in this and you know I I have my heart in a time where getting to revisit the thing that you love is just the absolute greatest thing they did it with Sonic the Hedgehog you know <laughs> at way back in the day and he was like on Honey Nut Cheerios boxes and it, it just like the, the world, the creative world giving you more of the thing you like because that's all there was. Yeah. There wasn't a fanfic version of it or some TV show or this. It, it, it was just like, oh my God. Yes. I want more of this. More of thing I like, please. Yeah. And it, so all that to say like Frozen 2. Is that for me, basically? So well, it, it more can't. Thing I like. Yeah, and I just I didn't have anything to really say about it because I exist in a world today in in 2022 where that's how film discourse is. You know, like, well, you know, you need to compare it to this, and then like the render lighting that these. I'm like, no, it's just more. It's just more thing I like. It's more world that I like. I, it's it's more Anna being cute and adorable her way. And I have plenty to say about um, how attention was paid to how... Uh, because Frozen 1 was like this... It turned it on its head where it's like the love of sisters. It was like, oh yeah, Disney does uh, prince and princess love and like that thing. But like, oh... 
uh, surprise, it was, it was familial love, and that, that was, and then they just, Frozen 2 just kept doing that, like, Kristoff is around, but, like, Anna checks on Elsa first. There's the man that she loves, but, you know, she does that, I'm like, see, that's cool, because Frozen 1 set that up, they didn't just, like, abandon all of these character traits that they set up, so, like, that's kinda it, like, I have nothing to really say about Frozen 2, because, of course, it's gonna be great. Cause it's just more of the, it's just more of this thing and I get to go back to this world and, and be there and, and, and do that. And yeah, it's well said. Yeah. No, honestly, well said. <laughs> it's almost like for you, you love the first movie and the first movie just keeps going. Yes. Like it, it, this is just an addendum that was like, yeah, yeah. It's as if it didn't really end. But, I, but, you know, of course, if you have to bring the three-act structure into it and everything, the first movie did end, and that was, that was really cool. Yeah, yeah. This is Act 2. Yeah. Sister Act 2. <laughs> Another sequel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greatest, <laughs> yeah, just like the... <laughs> Greatest sequel. There's so many! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Angie? Um, well, I'll, uh, for those who did not watch the first episode, I'll give a very brief, uh synopsis of my experience. Um, so when I was a kid, my sister was hit by a car. Um, she cracked her skull. I spent pretty much my entire life blaming myself for that, uh, accident. Um, I was very solidly convinced that my parents blamed me. My sister blamed me. Everyone knew that it was my fault and we were all in agreement and I was ostracized from the family for that reason. Um, and, uh, I, I very much kind of like shut myself off from my family because of that. And Frozen One, uh, was a, a very powerful experience for me because it sort of gave me a window into my sister's childhood and my, and my sister's experiences through Anna's lens. Um, so Frozen One and, and very, I think, intentionally for all that everybody, you know, focuses on Let It Go and Elsa and the snow magic, whatever. Frozen One is very much a movie about Anna. Mm -hmm. Um, It very much centers her story and her journey, um, and, and her struggles. And, uh, it was, it was a very powerful experience for me in seeing through the other side of the experience how, um, my sister may have felt growing up, um, feeling like she just wanted to connect with me and not being able to because she didn't have that reality and understanding of how I perceived this thing that had happened that she barely even remembered because she was so young when it happened. Um, uh, and that movie really kind of started my sister and I on a journey of, of, uh, self-discovery and reconnection and, and healing. So uh, where Frozen One was a very eye-opening experience to her side of our story, Frozen 2 is very much a movie about Elsa. And 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 where Let It Go is a very powerful moment, Show Yourself is the song. Um and that 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 is the moment of of 
awakening and self-acceptance. And and Frozen 2 is very much a story about two sisters who have healed and and come back together and now have to accept that they are individual people and they do actually need to go their own ways. Mm-hmm. They they each need to find their own place in the world. And I I was very very blessed to be invited to the Frozen 2 red carpet premiere um and I was offered a, a guest spot and I I got to have that experience for the first time with my sister. Oh, wow. Um, she flew in. She was there on the red carpet with me. We took pictures with everybody that would take pictures with us. <laughs> um, so the first time that I saw Frozen 2, I had my sister sitting next to me. Oh, oh my God. And it's, it's really indescribable being able to have had that experience together and and knowing everything that we've been through and knowing what Frozen 1 was for us and sharing that journey with these sisters together of accepting each other and and leaning on each other's strengths and supporting each other's weaknesses and ultimately coming to this acceptance that they they need to lead their own lives and being so unquestionably supportive of those decisions um for for all that frozen one was a very powerful experience for me it's it's really indescribable i don't have a word for what frozen 2 was for me um so just in case you were worried that angie might not cry this time um yeah, these <laughs> movies, these movies really mean a lot to me. So no one was, and no one, I, I, yeah. I didn't doubt that for a second that this would have something. <laughs> yeah, we we knew like as soon as we start this podcast when we were talking about like oh who would we invite over for different movies since like it has to be Angie when it comes to Frozen. And this was before Fro- Frozen 2 had come out, but then when Frozen 2 did come out, we we're like we're inviting Angie again. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course we are. Are you serious? So, I guess we can start getting into the movie. For me, I do agree with the critics. I think I de- I liked the first throws- Frozen better, but there's a scene in it, and I think you've already touched, you basically brought it up, that I think is probably one of the most gorgeous, powerful musical scenes I've ever seen in a movie. It, like, more so than Frozen, but as a whole, I think I like the first Frozen more than the second one, but, okay, uh, I'll just get, you know what? The music was a very big part of this. I'm just going to go into the music to start with. So I knew not, not much about Frozen 2 coming into this. All I knew was a couple of zeitgeist things. And I had no expectations going into it. And you didn't either. Right? No, neither did I. So the only thing I did know, other than like a couple stuff from the trailers, is there's a song in there that every, that apparently is the hit song, which is Into the Unknown. I never, I didn't even even heard the song. I just know Into the Unknown is the let it go, apparently, a Frozen 2. At least according to the internet zeitgeist. I I watched that scene of Into the Unknown, and I'm like, it's good, it's okay, but it's like, this feels more like a setup song rather than a ballad, I guess. I mean, I could hear the balladness of it, and it wasn't until later until any brother is show yourself, and that, my jaw dropped like, 
Why isn't people talking about this song? This is like, this is better than Let It Go. This is what Let It Go wanted to be. Like, this is the, this is who I am now. This is, and it, and it's justified. And not only that, the visuals are gorgeous. And like, the animation just tops itself. And it shocks me that nobody brings that up, but like, the internet won't shut up about Into the Unknown, which I'm, I don't, Again, it feels like a setup song for me, not a... Into the Unknown is, is like, the the pop hit of yeah. the movie, right? I mean, like, it, it's the credit song, so... I've um, had... Yeah. I, I have had... I mentioned this in the car. I've had the Panic at the Disco version of that song stuck yeah. in my head since I watched the movie, like, last night. And it yeah. is, it's a great version, and it's it's a good song. I I went out of my way to try and not... Because they released the scene before the movie came out. Right. Yeah. And... Uh, Everyone was talking about it, and I was like, I won't watch it. I will not watch it. I, like, I watched, like, a little bit of the clip, and I heard, like, a little bit of the song, and I was like, no, 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 I want it to be fresh. I want to, like, mm. I want to experience this the way that the filmmakers wanted me to. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm very, very glad that I did, because I, I didn't really like it when I first caught those clips on social media, and then seeing it in the theater, I was like, okay, no, I mean, I... I can get behind this, but I had, I had a similar reaction myself where yeah. I was like, I feel like I'm, su- it's me and it's Elsa and I'm here with my sister and I feel like I should, yeah, I should be feeling more than I am. Like, why do I just, I'm just not feeling. And to be fair, you guys have only watched it once. Yes. The more sweet. that I've watched the movie, that song has really like grown in impact. Like once you right. know where the story is going, that song has a much stronger impact. Okay. But the first time that you're watching it, you're like, I don't know. It, it doesn't help either that, like, out of all the things that gets, like, that I heard from the internet about Frozen, because I never heard the song or saw anything, no clips, whatever, with this song. I just knew that people were like, Into the Unknown is the breakout song. That's the song you need to expect when going into Frozen 2. That's the only thing that I really knew going into Frozen 2 is... Other, I mean, again, other than trailer stuff, like... I think that that's partly but, the the naivete of audiences, of yeah. being like, oh, well, this is the title song, so, like, yeah. this is this is the song, and yeah. not really understanding that, like, you, the audience, can change that. Yeah. Um, but I think there was also a lot of respect among the fandom, um, and, and still to this day, of people being like, you... This, there's this unspoken understanding that you need to experience show yourself for yourself. Yeah. That's that's a number that if it's ruined for you, you don't get to have that moment. I can see that. But, I mean, it's the internet. Usually, what have they ever... Like, I mean, it is like the, the but... scenes are out there and that's not saying that people didn't share it. But, like, I, as someone who is very active in the Frozen fandom... I still don't really see people talk about it. But when I talk to people who love the movie, everyone is in universal agreement that Show Yourself is the song. Okay, yeah. Okay, and that's good to know, because, like, I was surprised people weren't talking about this more, but I'm glad to know, like, the Frozen fandom is like, no, 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 we want them to... And I'm shocked that that wasn't something... That got revealed more, but I'm glad to know that it it's a universal consensus. Like, no, 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 this is the most powerful song in the yeah, movie. I was it- I was livid when two days after the movie came out, they released the new costumes in the park mm-hmm. because, like, I I saw that movie at the red carpet. I saw it early, and I was like, this people 
deserve this moment. People deserve to have this moment. And literally the day the movie was publicly available in theaters, Disney parks were like, Anna and Elsa's new outfits. And it was the show yourself fifth element gown and queen. (laughs) And I was like, are you kidding me? (laughs) Like, could could you spoil this movie a little bit harder, Disney? (laughs) What? Is this? And it literally was like the weekend that it came out. They oh, launched geez. those costumes, and I will never not be angry about it. I'm so livid. Um. So one of the things I read uh, behind the scenes was Jennifer Lee and Chris Buck said, "We are cutters. If we see something we don't like, we immediately cut it out of the film, and we keep cutting and cutting and cutting." And I felt that with this film, for the most part, there's a lot of great moments, very powerful moments. But I feel like there's things that are missing that kind of get way too quickly explained away that happen too often. I'm like, wait, 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 what? Huh? Wait, what? How do you know that? I think this might be a good place to kind of go. Like, normally, recently we've been kind of foregoing, like, doing it scene to scene to scene from Mm -hmm. beginning to end and kind of jumping around. I think with this one, because it is a continuation, it's good to break down the story and the story beats. Yeah. Because this is expanding the mythos of that world. Which is great. I I want to say right now, the world building in this movie is superb. I, I think it's very good. Yes. Yeah, I will. Another thing, too, is this isn't a bad thing, but this is a movie that you have to see the first in order to watch this. I, yes. I don't think anybody, if you've never seen the first Frozen, don't watch Frozen it's 2. It's not going to hit the same. No, it will not. No, this expects you to know the characters and know what has taken place beforehand, and it doesn't try to... Except for a few cute little Let's jokes see. here and there. That's just another thing. Like, that, for, that's never not been the case. Right. For yeah. me. I just, I still don't get today, like, oh, well, you can skip this. When people are like, you gotta watch the show, man. Oh, you can skip the first two seasons. <laughs> well, like, but, oh, I, no, you can't. Otherwise, it's not, I, I, any movie. I, I, I can't say, I mean... Well, okay, it's funny because I'm a you, dinosaur, but... Like. Well, it's funny because you used the example of Three Ninjas. I saw Three Ninjas Kick Back first, and I didn't even know there was an original. I thought Three Ninjas Kick Back was a, its own movie. I was like, oh, this is cute, this is fun. I watched it without knowing anything about the first, and I totally got what was going on and everything, until later someone explained, like, you know, there was a first one, right? And then... Now, exactly. I bet... If I objectively went back and looked at these things, um, you could understand it. And you brought up the point of Frozen 2 being like, the, the question was, could you understand it or not? But for my money, it was always like, what are you even doing if you're not like, and I, I don't want to make it sound like you're not a well, fan. I, I, I'm, and that's not always the, I mean, there's, I've seen movies or sequels where it's like, you do need to see the first movie if you want to enjoy the se- the second one. A lot of Marvel movies are like that. Well, I, no, I was just making the point that it, it never even occurred to me to not see, I, and I, I can't think of any examples. I'm just saying, like, they're, they're, I am hardwired to expect that that's just how stories are told. Mm-hmm. Like, I wouldn't have gone to see, uh, like, the Power Rangers movie at the time when it came out. Like, obviously that's not a sequel I, movie, but it's it's part of a continuation of 
things that just is lost on someone who doesn't. And there's, I mean, who hasn't but it, played it a part. It does happen sometimes that something like I could see. Well, I could see somebody looking at the trailer for Frozen and being like, I don't know, it doesn't really look like me, like, it's kind of kitty sh- princesses, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then seeing the trailer for Frozen 2 and being like, well, this kind of looks a little more mature, like, maybe I'll give this a chance, and not really And see, I'm, see I'm like comparing things, like, 40 see, years apart, so that I really... I went I to go really... see Serenity in theaters, mm-hmm. and had I... no idea <laughs> well, 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 that okay. it was based on a TV that, show. Yeah, but you didn't know a bunch of shit, though. That's my point. But I still followed the movie just fine. That, as, as the, mo- the movie ended, and I was like, that was a pretty fine movie. Wait, oh, okay. I'm, I'm misremembering. Around, actually, people around me were bringing up stuff okay, that yeah, I didn't That's what I'm misremembering. So funny enough, that's actually the opposite experience for me. My, uh, a friend of mine told me, oh, you need to see the movie Serenity. I knew nothing about Firefly when, yeah. I, when I saw it. And I saw this on my own, by the way. So I'm watching it, I'm like, I can, ki- I can follow it, but I feel like I'm missing something. Like, I feel like they're making, like, in-jokes that I'm not getting. And I, I, ca- I messaged him, I'm like, he's like, what do you think? I'm like, it's okay, but I, it doesn't, I, it's like, I feel like there's some, I'm missing some things. He's like, he's like, well, He's like, what do you mean? I mean, didn't you watch Firefly? I'm like, what Sorry. the heck is Firefly? And he's like, wait, you don't know what Firefly is? And I'm like, what? <laughs> Let's, you know, it's weird. Cause, cause you're saying that you, yeah. did you, you had a similar experience and you hadn't seen Firefly before you yeah. saw Serenity. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. Three oh, of us <laughs> saw Serenity before we saw Firefly. I still haven't seen Firefly. That's true. It can go screw itself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I really I liked the movie. I did too. And the thing is, I went with people who were like, oh, a you large part of the reason I didn't watch the show is because I went to see it with people who had seen the show. Yeah. And they were like, oh, that was terrible because of this and that. And I was like, well, I really liked well, the movie. So clearly I'm not going to like yeah, the show. I didn't have the same. Like, <laughs> they, yeah, people were saying, there's what, why weren't all these things in there? And, and then of course, like what watching like the friend who I went to see the movie with burst into tears when certain characters died. I was like, oh, wow, this must really have an impact. Sure, it's dramatic here, but imagine knowing this character in the show. That's when it hit me, because I could. I looked over, and, like, this girl, who was a friend of mine at the time, was just, like, absolutely bawling her eyes out. And I was like, wow, holy, we holy might, crap. I must be missing something. Yeah. We probably should get back to the movie, but mm. point, point Spoilers, being... Spoilers, it was Alan Tudyk, yeah. which is, no, in, my, interestingly enough... My ultimate point was, like, so, sometimes something appeals to you without it even, like, registering with you that you should see whatever came up. Yeah. My, my, my point I'll try and make quickly is, um, if you, if you're a creator and you can get away with, uh, a sequel not, it, it, where the first one doesn't matter, like, I, I just, I don't like today's movie making where it's, it, it, oh yeah, well, you know, the first one doesn't matter. Just, just pay for this one. Like, it, it, it detaches itself from the creative process of, of building a world and caring about, like, would anybody watch The Two Towers and not Fellowship? That's, okay. And Return of the King? Like, no, that, that's, that's a whole, that's a package deal, and I, we yeah. don't have to talk about yeah. Lord of the Rings. That's yeah. not the point. My point is, a creator who cares enough about the world that they made to want you to care about all of it is the world I grew up in. Yeah, yes. but I mean, and, it's not always going to be the case for sequels. There's always, like, because there's sequels where it's, like, it takes place in the same world, but we're following different characters. I mean, that's, I mean yeah. there's, there's a difference between an episodic sequel 
and a story sequel. Yeah, and Frozen 2 is very much a story sequel, where yes. the story is yeah. being continued and the world is being built upon more, where an episodic sequel would be something where, like, it just kind of happens within the same world, maybe the mm-hmm. same characters are there, but the story that's happening really doesn't have very much connection. Like, honestly, Ralph Breaks the Internet, I think, would be an episodic sequel. It is sequel. definitely an episodic sequel. Yes, like, it like, that's it, almost textbook definition. Like, it helps if you know how Ralph and Vanellope became friends, but you don't really need you don't have to, to know that. You don't have to. It's true. And I mean, I don't think it's going to increase or lessen the enjoyment. If no, that you movie is terrible. But uh, I think we're getting into the weeds here a little bit. Let's let's yeah. let's pull back. Okay. Yeah. So let me let's talk for a second here because there's one thing that's interesting about reframing this as a sequel is we learn a lot more and maybe it has us reevaluate how we feel about certain characters. I know last time we talked about the way Anna and Elsa grew up and the way that their parents treated them. And this, like, I want to talk about the parents. I really want you to talk about yeah. the parents. Yeah, because, because when you talked this, about it in the first one, I was like, I am th- so curious uh, to this know. This reframes a lot of it. I don't think it redeems necessarily everything they did. Because this is, but, because what you saw of them is pre- uh, them erasing memories. So. And also pre, like, the, the whole truth getting revealed at the end, which is the whole recurring theme, well, a big recurring thing of the movie is, like, the water maintaining memory and how you yeah. gotta get to the truth of everything. Mm-hmm. And, um, which is also a fascinating concept. There's, again, really interesting world building. Um, and we get this scene where we actually get to see the king and the queen be characters. Oh, so Which is really nice. I love... When they're telling the story of the Enchanted Forest to little Anna and little Elsa, and it, it's it's more Arendelle history. It, inter- uh, it introduces us to the Northaldrins. It sort of sets the the central theme and the story and the conflict in in the open, and actually makes the king and oh, I'm trying to remember their names again. They're like the king and the queen's actual uh, names. The queen's name is Iduna. Iduna, yeah. and. Um, I'm forgetting his... Starts with an H. Anyway, I'll just refer to them as the King and the Queen for now. Yeah, and uh, by the way, I'm going to bring up the voice actors, because they actually brought in uh, different voice actors. Uh, we don't have Maurice LaMarche this time for the King. We actually have Alfred Molina, of all people. Yeah, that was interesting. I, I, although that's not terrible replacement for Maurice No, no, no and I never think any other replacements are terrible. Yeah. And then, well, it helps that the Queen actually has dialogue, which is more than yeah, you can say yeah. for a lot of her in and the she, first she's one. She's a very important part of it. Uh, she's voiced by Evan Rachel Wood, which I was like, oh, wow. I, th- is, I, I think Evan Rachel Wood is actually younger than both Adina Menzel and... Well, she's probably around the same age uh, Kristen Bell is. I don't know. Maybe? Maybe? Maybe. I, 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 I have no idea. Yeah, she's she's not that old. I know that, but it's um, it said the reason they hired her is because her voice sounds like a mix between Kristen Bell's and Antina Mans. <laughs> I mean, she is also like, she is probably around the age that Anna and Elsa are when right. we see her. Oh, right. I- interesting thing. I-, I mean, this doesn't say in the movie, and it doesn't necessarily have to say. This takes place three years later after the first film, so we have twenty-four-year-old Elsa, and then. Anna's about 21, I want to say. Yeah. 21. Anna's like three to four years younger than Elsa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is because we actually get to see not only some world building and we learn about, we don't know about, at this point, we don't know about the queen's involvement yet, but we know mm-hmm. the king was there present at these, you know, his 
his father's like deal with the Northaldrans and the building of Chekhov's dam. They really make such a big deal about the dam. I'm like, that's going to be a plot point later. Okay. That's absolutely going to be a plot point later. So I looked up uh, the ages of the voice actress. Adina Menzel is 50. uh, Kristen Bell is 41. Evan Rachel Wood is only 34. She's not, yeah. When Interesting. I when I mention she's not that old, she she's about the same age we are. Well, as established, since we know that they're spoilers, the king and queen still died. Yeah, in the first they, movie. that's true. They died young, so that she's a fixed point in time. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And they're voice uh, actors. It's, yeah. yeah. But it's interesting because I, I think what's almost more important than getting this story set up and, you know, getting this story about this conflict, which I immediately know, like, they started fighting us for no reason. Like, I'm waiting for the, the other shoe to drop where we figure yeah. out how this went down. Because, like, you know, if you know s- storytelling in any form, you're going to be like, yeah. well, something fishy's yeah, going on like, here. Yeah, something has happened. And they introduce very quickly on that the theme of the movie is going to be revelation. Yes. yes. It's it's going to be it's, secrets revealed. It's revelation after revelation after revelation. Finding the truth, be it the truth within yourself and the truth of, of the world and the truth of the past. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I mean, this is a story that's like crossing decades, which is interesting because we get this story and then we get the the first lullaby that the the queen gives. Uh, and what a, this was a really beautiful moment. I like when she does that thing with Anna where she just like yeah, touches, the touches nose her nose with pinky. Back. And then later Anna does that with Elsa. And it's like, ugh, I cringed. It was so cute. I, I got to give props too, because sometimes when songwriters write lullabies, it's like, that doesn't sound like a lullaby. This one actually does. This actually does sound like... A songs that could have been sang from, I don't know, like, it sounds like an actual historical yeah. song rather than, like, it's been handed down from generation to generation. Yeah, it actually sounds like it rather than it was written for a musical. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I give it props for that. But jumping ahead a little bit, we learn, one of the most important things we learn is that the king and the queen were not the terrible parents we necessarily thought they were. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learn a lot more about them. We know, we now learn, we learn by the end of it that, um... The mother, the queen is initially North Aldrin, and it's sort of this, the, they represent a uniting of these two people in an mm-hmm. interesting way. Mm-hmm. And this bridge being formed. Yes. And, um, the fact that she saved, um, the king's life as when they kid. were, as a kid, and when they were kids, and then like smuggled herself to Arendelle with him. I'm a little confused how they got out of the, Valley before the mists fell, like that was. I think they escaped as the mist was falling. Mm. So like the the soldiers that got trapped were in the middle of a fight when the mist fell. So right. by the time everything settled, they couldn't get out. Well, it was like protect the king, we protect the prince. We got to get him out of here. Yeah, but he was escaping while all of that chaos yeah. was happening. Although yeah. the one thing that kind of confuses me, like if um, I'm assuming the king knows that he was saved by his wife, or at least I'd like to assume. I think he was unconscious. He has no idea. Okay, so when he actually told his daughters, I have no idea who saved me, she's basically... Okay. But later is- but later when uh, Elsa goes to the like the heart of it all, to the river, and, you know, after Show Yourself, she gets all the, like, snow flashbacks. There's actually a point where you see the king and the queen. The queen says, I need to tell you something. Yeah. And you know, know that that's when she tells him the whole truth. Yes. Oh, this must have happened... After yeah, that. yeah, that was probably okay. after that. I but believe before... that that's the implication: is that once Elsa's powers got too okay. powerful, she revealed what she knows, okay. and they decided to try and travel to Atahalan. Yeah, that, that... so they were they actually were trying to go and figure out how do we, why does she have this? How do we get learn to t- get her to control it? 
They still didn't say anything to the kids. Well, they I kept it all kind of a well, secret. I, I don't think he knew when he told it because he, he says it so calmly. Like I still don't know who saved me. No, no I'm, not, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yeah. And they, I, when they left to go on that voyage, they still left them with this ignorance of what's actually going on, well, what they're actually trying to accomplish. That, my point was, I think that conversation happened afterwards. Okay, that's what Elsa I, freezes on a. They try to fix it themselves. They can't. She reveals to her husband, I think I know a way. Okay. Here's why. Okay. That, okay. Cause one of the, that was one of the things that kind of bugged me when that got revealed. Like, oh, our mom is North Aldrin and she saved our dad. I'm like, why wouldn't their dad tell? Huh? But then, okay. That now looking back after you saying that and then connecting, that's why I love the show yourself thing. Cause that actually, like, I think the exposition reveal in this is kind of strange. A uh, little bit. We were going to get around to that too, because there's a yeah. lot of revelations, and sometimes they they some hit better than others. Yes. Some hit are hit. I feel like I feel like some hit more better than others. Yes. <laughs> um, the setup with the voice felt kind of weird. Like Elsa would just say, "Oh, this thing happened, and I know this," and like, "Well, wait, what? What?" And she's just, "And I know I need to do this thing." And it's like, "But it, okay, we're just kind of." I don't know. It just felt like it didn't get... See, I... I disagree. Um, okay. Because I I felt that it really emphasized that that draw and that pull that she's feeling towards her ultimate destiny. Like, I... the, the universe knows where she's supposed to be, and it's pulling her there. And she's been fighting and fighting and fighting. You know, she mentions she's been hearing this voice for a while and didn't want to tell anybody... And when she finally accepts hearing the voice, she finally breaks through that barrier and awakens the spirits. Okay. It's a triggering moment for her. Has it been a while? Because in my brain, I thought it was just that day. I'm assuming there is a point. She she implies that she's been hearing it for a little while. Anna Anna calls her out when they finally get out to the forest before the trolls come in. She's like, you've been hearing this for how long and you didn't tell me? Okay. Because I think, yeah, that was one of the things that kind of... I felt like that could have been revealed a bit earlier. Because when I heard this, again, when I heard the song about, uh, when she does the song of uh, Into the Unknown, I'm thinking, like, you just heard this voice. Why are you acting like... And then, okay, that makes... Okay, again, the exposition... I can understand that interpretation. Um, my my interpretation was that she's been hearing it for a while and okay. has been yeah. trying to brush it off. I feel, again, I think that could have been revealed a bit better. That, like, I'm not saying... You, you're probably... You're right that it does... It was revealed. But I think it could have been revealed a bit better. For my personal sake, I would like to know... At what point after the events of Frozen 1 does she start does hearing she start the voice? Hearing when did yeah. it start? That's a valid question. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, why is I this on a timer? It's... Why why is this suddenly happening decades after this wrong was committed in the forest that led to the, you know, essentially the spirits closing it off and sealing yeah. the rest of it from and the rest I, of the world? My, my interpretation, and I do, when something is as... As, as I feel Frozen 2 is as deep as, as this is, I sort of like having a little bit of interpretation mm-hmm. to like kind of put your own experience into and, and kind of put the pieces together. Oh yeah. Um, so like for, for me, from the first time that you see Elsa as an adult standing on that balcony, she seems distracted. 
Oh, yeah. Like, well, okay. I mean, it has been established it's and, been happening for a bit. Like, I definitely got yeah. that vibe. And yeah. I would my, just like to know. My interpretation is that basically as soon as she settled into this role as the queen and started to feel like she didn't fit there, like she mentions in Into the Unknown, um, are you are you someone out there who's a little bit like me, who knows deep down they're not where they're supposed to be? Oh, yeah, So yeah, once she yeah. started having that feeling and that that inkling inside of her that she's not in the right space, this voice started calling out There, There is one thing that also kind of confused me, too, is... And may I okay, it is presented, I get that. It's her saying, Oh, I think I've accidentally awakened the spirit. So I'm like, you're just <laughs> messing around with magic at your magic powers at the point. You did a lot more in Frozen than whatever you were doing right now. So I'm kinda confused how you suddenly awaken the spirits. She just spoke directly to the voice the, the fifth spirit. Okay. Yeah. She also she wasn't strong enough before. Well, no, but to she is the fifth spirit. That. When she kept she her speaks mom. to yeah. herself. It was the memory she, of her yeah. mom. Yeah. In the glacier. I get, I, that's, glacier mom. She also glacier mom. awakens, like, when she, at the end of Into the Unknown, when she explodes that bit of power, she illuminates the sky of Arendelle with the four okay. spirits. Okay. Like, she, she stands there and looks at them and acknowledges fire, yeah. earth, water and then she's the one that sees the water has gone away the fire has gone away okay. the earth is about to to go crazy oh. she's putting those pieces together of these four spirits are being affected right I, now because of what i just did i think the tricky part is because uh in usually with storytelling you have a person that kind of brings you into the world and you're kind of following with them when they're figuring this out but I feel like she's figuring stuff out before the audiences, and that's, I think that's tricky for me, because I'm like, wait, how did you do, what? And then it's like, and how do you know, th what? Um, so it, it is, but like, again, once you get through the whole movie, then you're like, oh, wait, yeah, that makes sense. I, I think, I don't even know how that could be written better, or, I, I just think the exposition reveal is a bit, Strange, and I don't know how to even make it better. But and I, and I can understand that because I kind of agree with you on that. But I also under like this is what's good yeah, is, is yeah. This is why we wanted to have this discussion because like I was sitting there going, I also kind of feel like the exposition felt odd. Like the presentation of when, like when this is happening and why it's happening feels a little strange. But like at a certain point, as especially we got further, I'm like, well, I'm hoping that as we go further into the movie, it'll make more sense, and it did. Yeah. That's the thing. It did. Like, and yes. I thought the whole point was you're supposed to be confused. Like, <laughs> well, yeah. Just like Elsa was when you find yeah. out it was Yeah. But she's not and this is this is yeah. sort of where I really emphasize that this movie is very much about Elsa. Yeah, that's because important. I feel that we the audience are set up to realize things as she does. Right. But I, I think that we put those pieces together and then when she says them we go Oh yes, that is exactly what happened. I think this is one of those films I need to rewatch a second time because again, I think she knowing figured, what we know now. Yeah, I think she figures things out before I did, or because I'm like, wait, how did you? What? But she said it like immediately after. Like, yeah, but what, I, what's your what's your statute of limitations? Like she something <laughs> happened, and then she went. Oh, I awaken the spirits. Like thirty seconds later, she says it. Yeah, and I know. then the town gets all screwy, and she's like, 
Oh, well, it, it, here it was, come Earth is I, next. It might have, it, I definitely did. <laughs> it might be. It might be more of a pacing issue because I felt like the pacing in the first part of the movie felt kind of, kind of like, and then like it does finally kind of slow down and let things happen. It but does it kind of needs to rush like into the, the intro. Very much pushes you very yeah. quickly to they want to get. The forest. They yes. want to get to the forest, which yes, it makes I, sense because well, as soon as they get into the forest, I'm like the pacing does get better, and I'm like okay. I'm here for this. I'm here along for the ride. Don't get me wrong. There's a couple things I dislike, and it mostly has to do with Olaf. But <laughs> oh yeah, can we? Should we address that now? Since we since we know this is Elsa's story, and I know we're gonna yeah. get back to like Elsa's self discovery sure. and like mm-hmm. the really poignant moments with her. But let's talk a little bit about some of the supporting characters. We have this subplot, for example. Well, what Anna. First know? of all, Anna, you know, is doesn't want to lose Elsa again. Doesn't want to lose his connection yeah. with her. I, I and. And I think that's kind of the main part of the story is you got Anna, who's like, I have you now. I can't let you go. And I don't want things to change. Life is good, basically. And we need to stick together. We're sisters. Wherever you go, I have to go. And where Elsa, who has been alone for most of her life, is like, no, I can do this on my own. I, I, I can be on my own on this. And it is that difficulty of two different types of personalities who are now recognized a friendship trying to work together again, but... That being said, though, in yeah. the end, when push really came to shove, yeah. Elsa still needed Anna's help. Yeah, but Anna doesn't... To destroy the day. <laughs> and I do... Check off But Anna app. doesn't need to be right by her side, holding her hand the whole time. Yeah, I think right. it's, it's both of them recognizing that they can support each other without needing to be physically connected exactly right. every second and and both of them sort of have to go through that because they both acknowledge at the beginning i don't want things to change i'm very happy now like elsa has been ignoring this voice for a while yeah she knowing that she's not where she's supposed to be but not wanting to accept that because she's so happy with anna and anna doesn't want to let her go and yeah. she doesn't want things to change and both of them have to within their own way find a way for that to be okay. Yeah. It is still the whole... One thing I do appreciate is the theme of fear still going through. Because the reason why... They both think we are happy where we are. That's why we don't want things to change. But really, you got Anna who's afraid of change because she knows what it was like before to be alone. She doesn't want to be alone again. She, then, she, and she's especially jumpy. I've noticed she's especially jumpy around Kristoff in this yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, she's, she, she keeps cutting him off like, what, you mean this? What, you mean this? And I'm like, whoa. 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 Yeah. She's got a lot of, a lot of anxiety and like, kind of self-esteem issues. Like, she's constantly afraid that Elsa's going to leave her. And yeah. she very much projects that onto Kristoff. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And poor Kristoff is, is, is stressing out about, how he's going to propose to Anna. Poor sweet Kristoff. So, so. He finally gets a song. Love the actual okay, song. song. The, it's so- the best song. Well, okay. Here's it's a, a f- masterpiece. Okay, the song, I hate it and love it at the same time. Because, oh my gosh, this feels like something out of 90s MTV. Yes. And it's ridiculous. Him and, him and the reindeer singing yes. together. It's, it's, it's really great. Beautiful. But it's also him, like... It's, it's him so really awful. throwing, like, being like, oh my, it's just this anguish song. And, like, you're you're really jumping the gun about <laughs> how you think Anna actually feels here, dude. Dude! Like, and it felt like this dro- big middle song, and, and it kind of gets let go. But yeah. I think, here's my defense of Into the Woods. 
Okay. I, lost I, in the woods, sorry. Lost in the um, woods. So I, I think that most of the musical numbers in the movie are very emotionally driven. Yeah. Um, and okay. they're very, they're very oriented towards a like emotional or mental anguish that each character is going through. And, and in that way, I think that this is, this is a significantly more successful musical than Frozen 1 is because yes. they really utilize the music to emphasize emotional um, emotion and and what's going on in the characters right, with right. heads with the exception of Bola. um i <laughs> absolutely disagree oh, but okay, we'll get around this to this is going to be fun okay so, yeah yeah okay <laughs> in uh, in lost in the woods in particular you have Kristoff going through this this mental struggle right where he's like i feel like Anna is, is running away from me. And yes, you could sit there and go, oh, you're being premature and you're jumping the gun and you don't really know because you haven't spoken to her and whatever. But that's how he feels in that moment. Right. And he is and very, that's the thing to recognize. he's absolutely valid in those feelings. No, okay. yeah, the feelings are valid even yeah, if the situation is. My absolute favorite, aside from show yourself, my absolute favorite line thing that happens in this movie is towards the end when Christoph picks up Anna without no, hesitation I do he says yeah. what do you need from me and I yes, yes I and do agree then with his it. line my love is not fragile yes that is the best freaking line in any romantic movie <laughs> ever I ever I do appreciate yeah I do love that because line he and... had that moment and that's what's important is that he had that moment of weakness right that is okay. so important for that okay. male fragility of he had that moment and any other man in any other romantic movie that would have been the end of it oh okay. she's she's walking away from me I don't have confidence in this relationship anymore blah 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 but he felt his emotions did they... He turned it around. Okay, I'll give... and his defining moment is "My love is not fragile." Okay, I will give you that. Did they really have to MTV it up though? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because it's it's yes. hilarious. I because mean, yeah. it's so yeah. funny, and it's I, I, I think that's that the it's thing I very love important the because the scene right before it, he has the conversation with the uh, North Eldra about. How he, he feels so connected to the reindeer that he hears what they're thinking. There's, okay. That song was, was, okay. this is where, again, this song is what's going on in his head. It's how he's feeling in that moment. Yeah. And Kristoff can feel what the reindeer are thinking. Thus, it was vitally important that the song that happens in his head has singing reindeer. Reindeer. No, I don't, I don't mind the singing reindeer. That's not, but there's like clips where it's like, there's a focus on him. And then there's where, there's a point where his like face, uh, uh, oh, what is it called? Like goes over his other face. It's a, there's a, there's a, it's, these are like MTV music videos. That was deliberate. Okay. That's the thing. That's what I like about it. I think I need The whole to, thing is such a self-aware parody. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Like, even when he's singing and the reindeer heads pop up ghostly style in the background, it's yes. like, that's oh. straight up Bohemian yes. Rhapsody. No, and it made me laugh the whole time. So it, it was, was hard. Great. For, but the thing is, it made me laugh so hard that this was happening that I didn't even pay attention to the lyrics for the most part. I need, this is a movie you need to rewatch a second time. I definitely do. I think you need, I agree. it is a movie you need to rewatch. But, there's one other thing I dislike about that part. Yeah, that's why I wanted to get these yeah. others out of the way first. Okay, Let's so, and actually, okay, these are two things, first off. First, so, this is what the internet complains about, because I've heard, I've kind of heard about this, 
is people saying, well, Elsa had a female love interest, and... Oh, God. No, she didn't. No, she didn't. I saw the... And it's like, Elsa's ace, and I will die on this hill. (laughs) Okay, first of all, no, she didn't. I I will die on this hill. And it even... You even see it in the opening scene when they're playing with their little ice dolls. And Anna's like, we need a prince! And Elsa's like, why? Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, I agree with it. But... There was a girl that she interacts with, but there's no chemistry between them whatsoever. No. I see none. And I can see, but then in my brain, I'm like, I can see people trying to reach for that, but I don't see it at all. However. No, if anything, Kristoff uh, and Ryder. Oh my God. So much gayness. It's kind of. And I'm. So much. Why? Did so they... much more gayness between the two of yes. them than between Elsa and literally yes. anybody else. And I'm like, why did you, What? Because there's moments where like, I connect with you. Oh my gosh, I feel that way too. Yeah, oh and I'm like, God. why Why are we adding this? Why? There's like, I can understand a friendship. It's beautiful. But you're kind of making it seem like they should be together. Although it, props, uh, it's Jason Ritter. It's Jason Ritter <laughs> doing the voice. In the voice of... Dipper from Gravity Falls. It, great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. Oh, but it, it's... So it's... Could like, you imagine they have this moment and it turns into almost like a... Uh, a Hans and Anna saying where it's them. Now they're doing their love is an open <laughs> oh door. Oh my god. <laughs> but, okay, I wanted it. Like, honestly, I wanted Ryder to be in Lost in the Woods so bad. <laughs> when the song started, I was like, and then and then he's gonna come in. And then this he, is, no, yeah. like, we got a bro now. We got a bro and he needs to be the backup. It's just reindeer? Alright, you know what? I can live with this. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. But there, it would have been hilarious. I think there should have been written in a way where it was more of a friendship rather than, you know, they probably should be together more than Kristoff and Anna. <laughs> Although I love, there are certain moments I love between Kristoff uh, and Anna that are important. Yeah. Like I love when they're in the sled. He's nervous about proposing, and all, and all she's like, as he's like, "Oh, it's quiet now," and she clearly is just like in her head, this her body language, like, "Let's make out." Yeah, yeah. Let's make out. I'm like, like get like, it instantly. Get it. I, I'm like, that's a group. No, I, I think you really, for all that Kristoff goes through this struggle. Of, of feeling a little insecure for a moment and, and he doesn't know how to propose. And you've got Anna kind of being very panicked about yeah. else feeling Elsa pulling away from her. I think you really get to see the strength of Anna and Kristoff's relationship yes. in this movie. There's a lot of confidence. There's a lot of natural chemistry and, and natural interconnection. You know, the two of them just, they just flow together. We mentioned in the first one, there actually is chemistry between them. And I'm gr- gr- glad that the chemistry still continues in, uh, in the second film. Cause yeah, you this, can still. This is my problem with what I was saying earlier with critics today versus people who just want to complain. He said, yeah. as he, but th- this is, <laughs> this is a standalone sequel versus a continuing sequel in my mind uh, 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 to 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 reiterate what i was saying so i think everyone else looks at this looks at frozen 2 and says oh yeah this is just a movie that's by itself and has no bearing on anything else so it's going to lead to things lead to thinking like oh yeah what about christoph and ryder what about meanwhile i'm over here i'm like no this is just frozen 1 more, <laughs> where I'm like, I'm not thinking at all that Anna and Kristoff have, th- there, there's no 
point in my mind think that there there have that that's there's anything wrong there. Yes, I see yeah, that there's a struggle and everything, but like all of the love and the, the that they fought for in the yeah. first movie is there. So all of this okay, like oh two and people next to each other, well that's a homosexual well, relationship. Yeah, I just no, 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 I, no, no. I, it's like, I, it just seems like it, reaching this whole well, ride. Well, I'm like, no, it is. Yeah, well it's more it's we're 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 just having fun over here with that part of it because we know it's not gonna go that way. And also, well, no, let me but, let me just interrupt for a second and apologize because that happens in anything. Like, yeah. oh were they did they have a seam together? Well, the, well those two people are gay now because on, and then well, just, on that point, on that point, you're you're basically expressing exactly what people, why people are like, look, Elsa interacted yeah, with and that gal, that, that Elsa, lady, ex- honey, yeah, whatever. And, and they're like, knows. oh my god, ship them immediately. There's, and they're like, yes, why? There's no yeah. chemistry. Yeah, because why? Yeah, because it just has to. <laughs> I I can't I can't articulate my point very well. But I get what you're going for. Though. Yeah, like, well, yeah, I'm making a, uh, yeah. a different point now, where that people just see something, and everybody's just immediately a screenwriter, like, oh yeah, well, like this is how, and 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 then the, in their mind, they're making a sequel and like the adventures of, um, you know, like we don't have to harp on this, but like the the Harley Quinn and Ivy thing, that that didn't just happen, you know, that was over time that. And- they laid the the groundwork for something like that, but when people see the results of groundwork that was laid, they want instant gratification on anything, and yeah. they'll they'll say, "Oh, oh, Elsa existed in a room with someone. Well, she didn't. Uh, well, she didn't kiss somebody. That yeah, they just. I mean, I don't know why they want to jump to things. People don't want to well, wait." For things. I don't think that draws a lot from the desperation of the LGBT community to see themselves represented in Disney movies. Well, I can't. I I think that this conversation that that we're having right now has a lot of like charged energy around it because people are so desperate. It's it's true. Any hint of anything that happens, they're like, that, that, that could be it. Maybe that was it. And it just got, and they, because we know that Disney well, regularly I'm, cuts... I'm being cynical because... Disney regularly cuts gay That could yeah. be it is a different sentiment than that is it. And that's this problem. It, my original point was to even think for a second that Kristoff and Anna were going to, like, not make it is asinine to me. Right. No, 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 that, I, that's yeah. my point. Yeah. Not... So, not so much the homosexual we're relationships. We're just kind of having a laugh. Yeah, we're just laughing. Yeah, I, w- but, I was making a point about sequels and the so, stories that were laid forth in the first one. So yeah. it, it's, and everything. I, I'm because we did discuss this in the first uh, with the first film that it's true, uh, and this is unfortunate and it's a real concern because uh, LGBTQ community rarely sees themselves on screen. It's only just recently. That mm-hmm. we're seeing ourselves on screen. The problem, though, and and some and for the longest time, we did have to reach. We had to be like, I think I see something. There's like, it seems like they have chemistry, and that's all that we had. But now it's getting better. We're now showing, seeing things. Disney is, mm, yeah. <laughs> see, this is where I. But the but the problem the problem is though is the focus with Elsa. Like I don't. It's it's. The fact that she doesn't have a romantic interest, so it's like, she must be lesbian, but it's like, then, but the, as a result, that negates 
other people, other parts of the LGBTQ community. Yes. Why can't she be asexual? That's still LGBTQ. Thank you. So wouldn't that be and that wouldn't that be great? Like she's for, still queer, and that represents an even, even less represented community within the LGBTQ community. Exactly. So, but the it's it, so it's like this is out of all the things that I can understand trying to reach throughout people's lives, especially with older things. I, I have that's, to we say, do, we it's that we didn't have that. But with this, this is not something that needs to be reached. Yeah. This isn't something uh, that because. There's something, because it's representing something else, and to force it, like, to force it and say, well, no, it, she must be a lesbian. It's probably, it's almost as bad as saying, well, we're going to give her a straight romance now. Uh, if I misrepresented what I was saying, no, 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 let no. me, it, my well, problem isn't the queerness of it, or, oh, we need to give some representation points to this, even less, uh, the, the ace community, I have a problem with all of that because then it just makes all this infighting thing and everything. That's not my point. My point is queer or not or this or that or the other thing. It's it's the it's, the it's not your story. Of the intended yeah. story. Yeah, it's yeah. not yeah. your story, and you just just wait. Yeah. Kayla, you just said you you made a point. It used to be whether you were you know you were lesbian or you were intersex or anything. You could go. You would say the words. Oh, cool. That might be the thing. And it should end there. No matter what it is. And if it, and it's not, it's, it, you know, the Marvel movies, for example. Let's, let's not even use the LGBT, uh, thing. Oh, oh, cool. That might be this character. Oh, Star Wars. It might be the Emperor or the, that, that's it. That's, that's your role as an audience member is to shut up. And let the story happen. But something happened in the last 15 years where everybody has to have their hands in everything it's, all the time. It, the internet. Let's be it. Yeah. It's the internet. internet. It's, and that's the problem I have. That's why I love my sequels from the 90s. That's why <laughs> I, I, um, well, all the things I said. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. I mean, to piggyback off your point a little bit here, I think, and this is the thing, cause we were mostly, it's mostly about the thing, like you, you know, you go into this and you realize, no, you know that because this is a continuation of the story, nothing is going to actually happen with with Anna and Kristoff's relationship. Yes. A lesser sequel would have given them an asinine reason to break up so yeah. there's conflict before they get back together. It again. would backpedal that all is, the things that they established. Yes. Which yeah. we just came off of the trauma for me of Ralph Breaks the Internet, right. which destroyed Ralph's character and dropped him back to square one again. Yes, yeah. good writing... Has has the challenge of what the the corner they wrote themselves so, into, and so, a good writer has so to with, work with with Ola. Okay, their own so stuff. so so my my I'll get we'll get to, I'll get to Olaf. I just want to address this. Real quick. Yeah. So you uh, my my concern and where we were making the jokes is that in a lesser sequel this would have happened. A lesser sequel would have had. A misunderstanding. Yeah. yeah. They would have broken Ryder, it off. No and then Ryder would be there to pick up the pieces. And he would have been like, yo, Kristoff, man, Anna sounds like she's whack, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. And it would have been Your romance. girl shouldn't be treating you like that, man. Like, yeah. you know, you lesser, deserve so much better. Which is which is why I give this one so much credit, because it's genre-savvy enough to not fall into sequel-bait traps like that. Yes. It creates, instead, a and goofy, wacky music video that expresses... Kristoff's feelings without him saying, oh, it's over. Yeah. Let's reemphasize the fact that this is a kid's movie. Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, for for all that we're all adults and we all enjoy it and, like, m- all movies are everyone movies, this is a kid's movie. And, like, let's acknowledge for a moment how great it is to have a kid's movie showing such a healthy relationship. Yeah, yeah. that's really Where important. Where they, they trip and they fumble, but then they, they come back together. They reconnect. Their love is stronger than a bump in the road. Uh, so, we got we got lost in the woods. Yeah, so, <laughs> so let me Okay, I want to hey, go I, ahead. I want to give my issue. So Olaf's story doesn't bother me. It, it, the only thing that really bothers me is how it's initiated. Because the whole his whole thing is when I'm older. He's like I think I'll know things when I'm older. I'm going to Where did that idea come from? It feels like he pulled that out of nowhere. Nowhere did Anna say, "You know, when you're older, if that would have happened and that was what started the idea, then I'd be like, okay, yeah, I'm all on board for it. But he was the one who came up with it. Because he's been alive for three years and but, nothing... But, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, just... it's important that you remember but, that Olaf is centered as the child voice in the story. But then... The, Olaf literally yeah. is a child. But why is that important is to the story? the children. And he's speaking for... The kids in the audience that are seeing this very mature, very adult story with these very mature adult characters, and yet he talks like a, a, a this, like someone who knows about theoretical, uh, like a theoretical professor, and happens to know about. Here's how I know you haven't spent a lot of time with kids. Yeah, okay. Everything you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Yeah, like, knowing it- things, knowing facts is not the same as understanding people and understanding it- emotions and connecting with your own emotions. I, I kind of agree with Kayla, though, just in that it, for some reason, I think Olaf's story, the way it was presented... What felt to me, this is just, again, from my first interpretation of the film, like it was kind of an after, I don't want to accuse anyone of saying it, it's an afterthought, that's just what it felt like. Like, it's just kind of there, it doesn't have a huge bearing on the plot, it's just kind of Olaf has this side struggle about, and when I'm older, this will feel I different. feel like I'm taking I crazy yet? pills, because <laughs> he literally represents the entire theme of the movie. Okay, but, but yeah. I'm saying a million I'm saying, percent. I'm saying that bit maybe I missed this. That bit didn't get super represented later when he is having the tragic breaking apart representing yeah. Elsa dying, so to speak, and he's there to, you know, be with Anna. I don't I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Keenan might have watched this once and it was I yeah. should, I, I was were angry. twice. Only two times. I just don't... I'm gonna let Sean take it. Okay. Go. When I... Okay. Not to make this about a singular experience unique to only me, because it's not unique to me, but I can speak for me when uh anybody who's ever been told, no, you can't listen, I don't care if you don't like this song that we're listening to on the radio, I'm driving the car. When you have your own car, but he's not told can... that. He is never told that. He is. That, that's a first. Thing. You don't know that. Wait, but, but he, then, then why is he singing about? Why is this his struggle? We then because that's what that's what happens. He that is. He's a I, but we're not sure. He's never walked anywhere in the kingdom and not been able to have like 
cakes off of the top shelf of something. You think in uh, th- oh, three plus years of being alive, Olaf's never been denied anything ever at any know. point? Well, that's even like... That's I, what being a, a troubled child the, is. I think that, Is wishing you were older so that you could have the things because all of these adults just have their sh** together. Anna, you're older and therefore wise. Oh, turns out you don't know either? That's what being a kid is. I don't get how you can be <laughs> confused by this. I think that the mere fact that he, one of the first lines that we hear him say is, yeah. Anna, you're a million years old and thus all-knowing, tells us that he has been feeling like he He's out of the loop. He doesn't understand things. I, I think that's he's, what I, he's disconnected because he's so young. I think the uh, here's the uh, I but, think you, the one thing you've pointed out throughout this, and I'm starting to realize, and this is probably why this movie actually should be another thirty minutes longer. <laughs> um, is a lot of this is very uh, most of these movies is characters internal struggles. Yes. But I, but when it comes to internal sh- movies about internal struggles, there needs, it's, and I think this is why a lot of critics said it's, this is an overcomplicated story, is because we're dealing with multiple characters' internal struggles. Yes. And trying, and this is why it's one of those movies you need to watch a second time. And the problem is, I don't think people expect this from, as you mentioned, a kid's movie. Yes. And that's... Right. And again, I think this also for, again, speaking for myself, the pacing earlier in the movie is going so quickly. We don't have time to, like, have an introspective, a really introspective moment with Olaf where you realize, oh, this is going to be his thing yeah. through the rest of the movie. Uh, yeah. That's but how I, do, I feel. I do also think it's really easy... Um, without even realizing it, to sit and watch this movie and the mere fact that he's a snowman and not a three-year-old child mm-hmm. distracts you from remembering that he's a three-year-old and child. And I, I, I don't know. I mean, I really, they I, sang an entire song about it. I don't know what more. I will <laughs> listen. I, I mean, yes, say- but I'm saying, I'm saying yeah. these these stated like. Very clearly, it's if it's not right in front of me, I don't catch it. Audience members, I can see where you could get distracted by the fact that you're watching a snowman voiced by an adult man. Other other people's internal struggles make sense. And yeah, you do get distracted by the fact, because not only is Olaf a snowman with the voice of an adult male, Josh Gad, he's also a snowman and therefore is like, because he has been enchanted in such a way, he doesn't actually age no. Physically. Yeah. He is just a living snowman. And so snowman. he has this goofy concept of, you know, when I'm older and more mature and you're going like, but you're, you're an you're ageless like, you're entity. You're going to be that yeah. forever. You're this forever. Yeah. You are literally, they're talking about how things will never change. And Anna looks to, to, to Olaf and as an example of something that's never going to change. If yes. you think about that, which is of course tied to her naivete about And things. I think that that's but, part of Olaf's struggle as well is that recognition, I mean, they don't acknowledge it in the movie, but just reading into it is sort of that acknowledgement that he's never going to change. He's always going to be the little snowman that lives with 
the queen. Yeah, he's always going to be the little the little goofy how, comic relief how guy. How does yeah. he reconcile that? That no one's ever really going to see him as anything other than okay. This is what the again, little snowman that lives with the queen. I think this movie needs to be longer <laughs> and needs to take more time to explain a couple of the or pace better, especially in the beginning, so we can be. I don't know, like again. Don't, we mentioned this earlier. How like we are? We actually talked about this earlier. Like. There's got to, we have to appeal to a, there still has to be an appeal to a general audience. With this film, I think there could have been a couple more scenes that could have eased us more into, we're dealing with characters' internal struggles. But as you mentioned, it's like, actually, that makes sense. This makes sense. This makes sense. But that's going to require a second <clears throat> viewing. Um, and that's not to say like, oh, a movie is bad because it requires a second viewing. Heck. Memento is absolutely yeah. a great Almost movie. every art film ever made requires a second, a second view. viewing for you yeah. to fully understand it. But somehow when it's an animated Disney movie, all of a sudden it's a bad movie I, I because think, it needs a second. I, yeah, I, I and, and by no means. By... So, I think it's because it's so unexpected because it's a sequel to... Because one, it's a sequel. Two, to, um, two it's, a like you said, an animated film. And, not just, and it's not an episodic sequel. It's a continuation sequel. And as a result, it has a different kind of vibe from the first one. Yes, the first one did deal with internal struggles, but there's still a... This one really goes much deeper. Oh, this is a yeah. very psychological, psychological movie. And, again, and that's I, why I really enjoy it. Yeah. Well, the, the, part, the point when I really enjoyed the psychological feel of it is when she enters um, on... Uh, well, is oh. the... Yeah. It, is when it's like Elsa's like, okay, I'm going to get ready to go to Aunt, uh, Otta Holland. Otta Holland. Thank you. So by the way, I'm going to, I, I'd like to give some, um, background. So Otta Holland actually is very loosely inspired by the Snow Queen's palace in Hans Christian Andersen's fairy tale. That checks out. Um, and then, uh, the, and I, I had mentioned this to you earlier, David, but, uh, the names are not given. In the movie. Again, don't need to be. We don't need to know that, but it's kind of cool to know. The water spirit horse that she fights with is known as the Nock, um, which is a water spirit that's part of Scandinavian lore, or, I mean, as Dave and I know it as the Nix or the Nixie, which mm -hmm. in, in German lore, which I was like, so you, this lore actually appears in multiple. Right. Which is kind of cool. Um, um the, I mean, I, I, and I was going to get around because I wanted to be like, oh, let's talk about spirits and stuff, but like, that scene with the her struggle with the horse no, is so cool. So, so, so I powerful. honestly the scene from her struggling with the horse to her going to onto Holland to show yourself to is one of the most gorgeous scenes I've ever seen along as it continues all throughout it including Anna scene is like oh on uh, like uh Olaf suddenly disappearing and flurrying she's like why are you flurrying and he, he's like then it's like oh I'm 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 going away that means Elsa's gone and the song i i'm trying to remember what it's called that she sings the next right thing the yes. next right thing god that song is so good and so hard it, to yes. listen to so um when not when i watched mary poppins returns there's a song in there called <laughs> yes we talked about this called the the place where lost things go and that's a song about, um, that deals with, it's supposedly supposed to deal with grieving a lost one. And again, I lost my dad. So I'm trying to listen to it from someone who has lost, a, like, a family member mm -hmm. at, a, yeah, at a younger age. And I'm like, 
this is a weirdly awkward song. This is a perfect grieving song. Yes. Like, I, this hit me. You feel it. Oh my gosh. Even if you don't personally yes. have no. that experience of losing someone close to, to you, you feel that grief. Well, you understand but how that moment feels. The, another reason why it does a good job at this, I mean, not just with the song itself, visually, yes, it hits. And the way she's singing it hits. You get it. And it's like, because it's true. That is, it is introducing something that very few people think about with grief or when someone dies. They forget, like, you still have to keep moving forward. It's going to be yeah. difficult. And it's the worst thing, experience in your life. But you have to keep going. You have to get up and you have to do the next right thing. Exactly. And so good. It's again, so good. Honestly, good. the whole final, like, the whole, I feel like my, like, the whole final third act is one of the gorgeous, most amazing scenes I've seen in a Disney film. And that, like, my jaw was dropping the whole time. Like, again, show yourself. Visually beautiful, gorgeous. The song works perfectly. This is what I want from Let It Go. Getting, getting to see the moment where, where, where the, the, the the revelation that it's just the memory uh, in the ice. Yes. It's not even really, if you think about it, it's, it's, it is Elsa finally getting to connect with her mother. Yes. After decades of being separated. It may just be the memory. It may just be an echo. But the fact that this, she was the voice. Yeah. Calling out to her. Yeah. That her mother has, has always been there. Been there. And seeing Elsa react with like, you know, just, she's trying to be this, she's still having this power moment, this power moment, but she's like tearing up. And again, going, going from the scene prior where she literally says, it's my fault, they're dead. Oh yeah, because they find when they find the shipwreck. To yes. then to then having that moment of realizing that her mother has always been there. She's always been a part of her powers and a part of her destiny. And yeah. her mother. She's it, always been there. Her mother was the one who told her father, and like, this is what we need to do. She's the reason they got on that ship. She's the reason they were. She was trying to save and figure out and help yep. Elsa mm-hmm. the whole time. And wow, that scene, that whole bit yeah, is the, so good. Again, the final third act is amazing. It is insane. Again, a, along with Kristoff's uh, like, I'm here for you. My love isn't fragile. Great oh. scene. And like, then, or even like, we haven't talked about uh, Colonel or General M- Matthias. Yes. Much. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Um, He, you know, and he, they're, 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 the, those guards who were stuck there with the, uh, North Aldrin's. Yes. And the weird relationship they have. And yeah. I love the moment when Anna takes things in her own hands, gets the, the Earth Giants to try and break the dam, and they stand there and she convinces them they need, they need to do the right thing. And there's I that moment so when they start hitting their yes. shields. Yeah. I'm I like, am, and I, that you know what? really I, is the first moment where you see Anna become queen. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'll, by the way, I am so grateful because there is that part of me that's like, please, for the love of God, don't have them be like, no, we can't let you do this. I'm so glad that they're like, we're with you. I'm like, thank you. Yes. Thank you. Yes. I didn't want to see them try to fight her. I didn't want another, yeah. like, we're already dealing with a lot right now. And this is would have been just, it, it would have ruined the movie if they went against her. And the fact that they didn't and they supported her and show, that actually, and like you said, she becomes, shows herself as a queen, a true queen at that point. And, oh, thank you, movie, for not messing that up. Can I also acknowledge how cool it is that this movie doesn't actually have a villain apart yes. from 
grandfather king guy who's been yeah. dead for the, decades. The at villain this point. is the past. The yes. villain is the past. He was the one who ruined everything because he was afraid of the magic. I actually in, And he got thrown off a Oh my god, so, wait a minute. Can I He got thrown off a cliff. He did. He got thrown off a cliff. He got he's thrown not, off a cliff. He is not a villain. But he, he is, is not. No, he's not. His, no, he, he's not. He did, yes, he did. No, he's not. Plummet counter. Plummet counter. You really need to... No. We haven't had one for so long. He got thrown off a cliff. That was how he was defeated. He is a villain in that he is a bad person, but he, he's not like... He deliberately... Okay. Well, he deliberately he, built the dam that ruined everything in order to try and weaken their power. And when he was questioned, he murdered in cold blood... The leader of the Northaldrons. Okay, and, and I mean, if we're allowing, if we allowed uh, Fidget to be added on there, okay. And do we see it? Like, I'm trying to remember. You see him fighting someone, and then you see him get hurled off a yeah off the edge you, of a cliff. You do actually see him like go over the cliff. And we never see him again. You don't see him, like, uh, falling, falling, okay. falling. Okay, but... add, add that to the plummet counter. Yes! <sighs> Okay, I'm happy for you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this one. <laughs> I, again, I... I let, we catch uh, Fidget, and we, uh, we still count Maleficent, even though I still I, think it's a little... I allowed also Jackson Lansing to explain to me how that one villain in Treasure Planet falling into space counts as a... <laughs> oh, yeah, Scroop or Scroop, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And if we allow okay. that, I can allow this. This is Malay's more... It feels more justified. Okay. On that point, though, I was going to make, though, before I got distracted, I'm trying to push this idea. <laughs> Other than there are, there is conflict, and conflict is always important, but most of the time when it comes to the situations where the spirit, with the spirits, it's mostly them being placated, them being shown that everything's okay. Even mm-hmm. with the, the knock, who tries to drown Elsa, which is brutal, like when she gets, yeah. when he gets the hoof on her and he's like pushing her deeper so, into the sea, um, like that, Eventually that turns around. I thought that was so, that was so cool is showing like how Elsa is becoming that fifth element, the thing that is bridging yeah. the gap. So one yeah. of the, I have two things that I read from the interview. First off, I'll start with the knock. They actually cut quite a bit. That was going to be a longer scene, but they said, we didn't want to just continuously see him trying to drown her. We didn't want to see him trying to kill her. We wanted to show it as a challenge. Yeah. And so we cut that back and I'm glad they did. Yeah. Because it does feel more like a challenge rather than, Drown, 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 drown. Um, and then one of the things they, that actually did get addressed during the interview was, oh, you, there's no villain in this. And she says, yeah, because the villain is fear. It was fear in the first film. And it's that, and it's here too. This is what, and yeah, it, fear is the, and fear is what drives her, their parents to like keep, uh, Elsa locked up. But then yeah. this is also what drove, um, uh, her grandfather to do what he did as well. Mm-hmm. And she was she... afraid of magic. His, their mother was afraid of being found out as being a North Aldra, so she didn't yeah. tell her husband where she was from. Uh, they were afraid of Elsa's powers, so they went out to the Black Sea. Anna is afraid of losing Elsa. Yes. You know, Elsa is afraid of, of walking yeah. away from her sister. Kristoff is afraid of losing Anna. Like, ev- everybody has something they're afraid of that they're afraid of and they have to overcome that and i mean there's a point where elsa actually says it out loud it's like no it's not them it's fear that's the real enemy or yeah. i can't remember the exact line but she does state that and i'm like yeah that's again it's a, it's 
it, it is, it's very good. Like, it carries on the themes from the previous movie. I don't know, it kind of yeah. sounds like the real enemy was the unwillingness to change, and Olaf had the answers the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> um, fear of change. Yeah. Um, I like, and then the Olaf ending is... All the answers. <laughs> he I, usually does. The Everybody ending... just wants to hate Olaf so much. I don't hate, I don't hate him. I don't... It just breaks my heart. No, I don't hate him. I actually don't hate him at all. I just felt like this... We're not everybody, though. No. We like Olaf, and that's why we want better for him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just thought his storyline was kind of weak. Is that... It, but it's not. It's a bit It got better. It did get better. Even with our criticisms, it got better. Yes. I, I love... Again, his... That whole touching experience of him, like, disappearing with Anna, like, that broke my heart. And what he's saying is so beautiful, and, like, it's... I, I love the third act so much. The third act is just... It's really good. It's so good. I I really love his moment um, in the boat. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. He when he's actually like... He's angry. He's yeah. angry for... He's like actually angry for the first time. Yeah. And That's, he, I just think that's such a great moment because he's been such a like happy-go-lucky like mm-hmm. you know he just everything just rolls off his back like a duck and you know Olaf doesn't mm-hmm. take anything too seriously and having that moment where he he's really starting to feel complex feelings and and having to yeah. confront that oh uh, yeah what do we feel okay uh he's getting older he is getting older <laughs> um i'm gonna like this is just a quick aside uh what do we feel about Bruni the salamander i love him so much he's he is adorable he's the most precious thing in I, the whole world so he's got big pascal energy he does but cuter yeah he licks his eyeballs yeah. a lot he's, it's yeah, great so precious so um he had all the answers too he knew you'd <laughs> dive right in and not uh Worry too much about change. So interestingly <laughs> enough, he was only supposed to Thank have you, that. Sean. He was only supposed to have the one scene, but uh, the audience like. Did you at all just decide because I thought I, this was very interesting? Did you look into at all the like mythology historicalness of like it, why he's a salamander? Yeah, it came from. Uh, and actually, I did kind of know this too. It, I can't remember. Is it? Plato that has this whole theory of like connecting a fire with a salamander. Well, that's yeah. There's a common thing in mythology about salamanders somehow being associated with the element of fire. Yeah, and that, so the reason is that salamanders would run away from the fire. Mm-hmm. So ancient people would see a swarm of salamanders running uh, into their uh, their their encampments, and then a fire would come. And because they didn't understand that the salamanders were afraid of the fire, so they were running, mm. they believed that salamanders were fire spirits oh. and had started the fires. Okay. okay, that I didn't know, I because I was trying to look that up, and I knew fi- salamanders had a connection with fire already because of Fahrenheit 451, <laughs> really enough. Because <laughs> uh, actually a salamander is considered, was one of the main symbols of the firemen in that book. Um, and... Uh, I I knew that um, that was one of the things I had a connection to. And then when I looked up, like, myths and all that, all it said was, well, Plato had a theory about that. And I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, and I'm like, well, I, I know salamanders have a connection to fire, even though they're... Um, I think it's mentioned yeah. in the art book. I, I, I think that might be where I had read it. Unfortunately, the, one of the things I, I feel bad, because um, we saw this yesterday, and... Unfor- like my research was done within an hour period, and I and I and I feel bad. And I wish I could have watched the behind the scenes too. But this was also at the same time that 
we had ordered food and food the we had to cancel the food order because there was a bunch of issues that went wrong and then David had to go to work and then I had to go run a bunch of errands and then I had to prepare like I mean it's yeah. it's fine. I, <laughs> I knew the story so I was able to share it. Which is why we're yeah. we are so glad that I, I just thought it was yeah. a really cool fact. That it's actually really is cool a cool fact. fact. I'm glad I did not know that. I'm really It's it's one of those things where I'm like, God, I wish I would have known it. Like ah, but now, but now, now we do. Now we do. That's the thing. Now we do. This is why it's so good to have these discussions. Uh, uh, but yeah, uh, in in the but in the uh, according to the interview, it was only going to be that one scene that um, with Elsa where it's like, oh, there's that fire scene that happens, and mm-hmm. oh, it's a cute salamander. But apparently, test audience really loved Bruni, understandably, and they're like, let's keep adding him, and they really it really appealed to them, and. I appreciate his character because he does further the plot. As yeah, a, I I really like having Bruni as this kind of speechless, symbolic representation of of where the characters are supposed to go next. Yes, like I love that moment of him every time he just does his little, <laughs> and just like <laughs> flies forward. Yeah, as though he's saying "keep going" mm-hmm. without you know he he literally is saying. Dive, dive in. Just use it. Just jump in. Don't hesitate. Just go. Um, but the fact that they ended up because it so easily could have been Gale or the yes. Nock, right? Like something yeah. that that is a little more connected to her powers. But I love that it is the polar opposite of her powers that mm-hmm. ends up sort of being her little guide on this journey. Um, I think the ending is also very satisfying. Again. They had already prepped, they knew where they wanted for the ending, what they wanted for these sisters, and I'm glad they went where they went. Anna really does deserve to be queen of Arendelle, and then now Elsa gets to be her own person and be free, as she has always wanted to be. Really explore her powers and... Mm-hmm. It's a really beautiful moment, too, when Elsa says to Anna, no, that's not the thing, I'm not the only fifth element, it's both of us. Yeah. We, we, we are... Both are, you know, our mother's daughters. We I are the bridge. I love that moment it's so it's much. A beautiful. Because moment. again, as 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 in the first movie, it's so easy for you to just lock in on one sister and be like, "This is about them," and yeah. and they, you know, everybody was just doing their own thing. But like. That line really makes you go back to the whole story and really acknowledge the fact that each character was supporting each other. Yes. There was never truly a moment where anyone was alone. Yes. They, they are all connected and they are all stronger for the bonds that connect them. And yeah, it's great to see even little moments in the ending where like, when Kristoff shows up and he acknowledges Elsa and they have like a moment where they have a hug and it's like they you, they also care about each other and yeah. it's just like they've got this found family thing going on which is really great That's and beautiful. it's like my, and and my, my only hope is that at the after this whole movie ends when they play charades Elsa will actually use her ice powers in order <laughs> to cheat because if if Olaf can cheat then so can Elsa yeah Olaf is. It's unfair. Can I, can I say too, like, um, a sign as we go through, especially in the wake of show yourself. And this was a small thing I didn't get to acknowledge at the time. And this is also based on our discussion. I love the fact that when we, she's diving into the memories and we have all the snow things, 
And she even has the memory of her singing Let It Go, and she almost, like, cringes and <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. She's like, I love that moment yeah. so much. We just had the real power ballad. Yes. Yeah. Instead of this, like, false power ballad. And yes. she's looking back on it and realizing how naive she was. And I love that she has that moment. Yes. And I just, it's a small thing, but it's so good. No. Yeah. It's, uh, it really is... There's so many layers to it if you look at the movie from... Because, again, it's very easy to look at it and just be like, oh, ha, ha, because Let It Go is annoying. <laughs> nah, nah. But if you look at the movie from that psychological perspective yes. of this being an emotional and mental journey for every character involved, that teeny tiny little moment has so many layers to it. Yes. There's there's so much connected to that. And I I agree. I I think it's beautiful. When I saw it the first time, I was like, oh my god, come on Disney, like get over it. Let it go is amazing. <laughs> but oh. yeah, as watching it again, I was like, wow no, this really like you said, is is her acknowledging like her own naivete, and and we the audience acknowledging our own naivete yeah. of thinking that let it go was this like empowering moment because it's not. It's, yeah. not. it's her running away. Yeah, and we even discussed that in our in our pre- the our Frozen episode where we're like the issue with it is the fact that it's not a the power ballad everyone wants it to be. It's her. Thinking she's confident and like, yeah, I got yeah. this, and she really doesn't. It's at like all. her trying to hype herself. Yes. Up. So that moment, that just that little moment, is like the perfect like crescendo, like a little crescendo, like cherry on top of her having the real self discovery, show yes. yourself yes. thing. It's like that nice. She's already done it. She's got the big reveal, and now she's looking back on it and going, yeah, I. Pff, that was a different time. Yeah. I, I was, feel better now. I was a different person. I was a different person. I wanted different things. Look at me and now. And now I am who I truly am supposed to be. And it's so good. And uh, it's I don't. Be- it's beautiful. I I I think this is definitely a movie that deserves a second watch. Now, as we discuss it, and now going through it, but I do think also it is a film that probably deserves more time. To, and needed didn't need to be like not much more, but not much more, but like I, a little bit more, especially in the beginning for pacing. I would say my uh, my biggest things that I would like to have a little more of is I I would like to have a little more time at the beginning. I do think yeah. that they kind of compensate for that in having the game of charades and and Anna and Elsa having their little sleepover and, mm-hmm. and that's a good whatnot. moment. It's still a good, a good moment. moment the sleepover um, especially. But I uh, I can agree that I would like to have a little bit more time there, but where I would really like to expand is the relationship between the trapped soldiers and the Northaldra. Yeah. That's, that's kind of the one plot point that like I kind of wanted to expand on a little more. And like it, within the context of the movie, I was like, I get that this isn't really important. Like, mm-hmm. I I understand that we don't need to hold on this. I don't need to know the backstory and, like, how they live together in this space and whatnot. But if, and this is where I think this movie really opened the door for what could be a really cool TV series. Yeah. Or even, like, a, like a miniseries or a series of shorts or something that could really explore how the Northaldra lived within the mist and how they they and the soldiers lived together and 
what the ancient North Uldra were like. Like, what was it like for uh, Queen Iduna growing up in yeah. the North Uldra? Yeah. I would really love to explore that world and that environment. And I don't think... I don't want a Frozen 3. No. no. Sorry. Sorry, universe. No, no, no. I'm... As the world's biggest Frozen fan, I don't want a Frozen 3. I don't think that we need I, it. I... I don't think Anna and Elsa, like, more of Anna and Elsa's story would be too much. Yeah. We we don't need it. Their story is done. Like, But I think the world has more to it. Frozen, yeah, the Frozen the expanded universe. universe. Yes. And that's why um, I got really excited when they released Myth, the, the AR experience, because that's literally what that that promise that mm-hmm. this was going to be a artistic uh, uh an artistic experience inspired by fantasia and the mythology of the world of frozen um and an opportunity to kind of explore different elements of the world of the north ultra and the world of of the frozen mythos yeah the problem is that it was an AR experience that launched at the beginning of a pandemic. Mm. And because Disney is an entertainment studio and doesn't understand how to take that into account, they just went, well, it didn't make any money, so we're just going to scrap the whole thing and now we don't get any more of it. Which is very unfortunate because I think there was a lot of potential in that concept. Absolutely. And if you guys have, it's literally like six minutes or something on Disney Plus. Check out Myth. It's really cool. The animation is amazing. Oh, no doubt. Now that we've had, now that I know about it, I'm gonna check it out. Yeah, and it's basically it's it's like a it it's it's Fantasia. It's a musical and artistic exploration of myth, and it's it's really really cool. Fantastic. Cool. Uh, where can we find you? I think, I, I'm not sure if there's much more to say. And I think, I think this is a great place to cap the discussion, honestly. Yeah. Do you have thoughts or feelings that you... Uh, I mean, probably, but... (laughs) (laughs) I just really thought they did... Yeah, my, my one thought on the whole thing was... I, I liked how they handled... Uh, being more of the same without a, uh, you know, resetting everything. Yes. Yes. So they, they could have done that. And while also make, uh, not doing the, the opposite, which was making things so different for the sake of being different that, like, uh, you know, Anna has fire powers and, (laughs) you know, all, just, they could have done it they, they they could have reset the clock, or they could have gone the other way, which is make everything just so wacky and out <laughs> there. But no, they they it was just a a progressing line of of things that ought to have happened three years later. I I I love that I, being dropped because like how do you how do you do that? Um... Two terrible examples. Uh, again, I don't want to make this about who, who knows the most, but okay. So terrible example number one is Zoolander 2. Um, <laughs> just had this like 10 minute expository explanation at the beginning. 
And don't put too much stock in my example of Zoolander 2. A lot of movies do that. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, ho, ho, yeah, let me just explain everything to you. And that is, they were victims of time on that one. Just like Arrested Development Season 4 had the same problem. They're like, oh, let's explain away everything. Maybe Frozen has the gift of being an animated movie that you can put it at any time that you want. But I, I think good writing can navigate the uh, the world you set up without painting yourself into a corner and going like, oh, how do I how do I get myself out of this thing? Oh, I, I guess I'll give somebody magic powers, or <laughs> it was a dream the whole time, or we'll just flash back and turns out they had a brother, or so, you know, there's just always. It, they avoided doing all those things that would have seemed cheesy. Yeah. And I just got to get right back on the ride, and they were three years older, and I went, yeah, yeah, okay. Because, like, one year later would have been like, oh, cool, like, do we raise taxes? Or what? <laughs> it would have just been, like, normal whatever goings on. But three years later was was a good time for another conflict. You figured some stuff out. You've been queen for a while. You you got your sister back, and yeah, perfect, perfect uh, continuation. I think. I I agree. Mm-hmm. I think this is as good as like I would hope a sequel could be. If you're gonna make a sequel of something, it should take it should give you things that were not answered in the original and build off of it in an effective way. And you don't get a lot of stuff like that with a lot of hackneyed sequels. And I think coming into this, I was scared of it being, oh no, we didn't need a sequel. Ralph Breaks the Internet still haunts my mind to that respect, because I think about that a lot. This is, I think the only other movie we can compare this to is maybe Rescuers Down Under. Actually, Rescuers Mm -hmm. Down Under is the perfect definition of an episodic sequel. Oh my gosh, and also you don't have to have seen the original to enjoy the Rescuers Down Under. Yes. You, you could be completely divorced from the rescuers down under, or for the rescuers, and you could enjoy the rescuers down under in a vacuum. That is an episode. That's why this That's, is, um, this is definitely the perfect definition of a continuation for sequel versus an episode. Yeah, and it's great. I, I really like it. I think you brought up a very interesting point that I think speaks to the issue that our friends may be struggling with is I think, I think that over time, we've gotten very used to sequels and continuations having that, like, montage at the beginning Mm -hmm. of, like, here's where all the characters were from the last time that you saw them to now. Yeah, because people are always asking those questions. Like, oh, do I have to... one of the things that you and I, I think, really love about Frozen 2 is that the filmmakers don't give us that. They let us, they let us fill in those blanks for ourselves. They trust us to be intelligent enough to put those pieces Mm. together. And I think that's where critics and I think that's where some general audiences may have felt a little alienated by the movie where a lot of people, I think, were expecting that laying out of Here's the exact point where Elsa started hearing the voice, you know, six months ago, and here's why Olaf is feeling the way that he is, and here's when Kristoff decided he was going to propose and bought the ring, and blah, 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 blah. Now we start the movie. Yeah, and I can understand why that would happen from a general audience. I want to say, right now, I actually do appreciate, I really do appreciate that it just kind of lets you go into it like that. 
What I'm saying is in, in one or two specific cases, it's something for me that, I mean, with the, the thing with the voice during our discussion, I'm like, okay, that makes sense. For me, it's still the beat with Olaf. And I'm still having a hard time reconciling that. But I understand that maybe on another viewing, I could look at it more closely and be like, okay, there it is. And you don't have to spell it out. I don't want things spelled out for me. I just, mm-hmm. just don't want things that just happen in a vacuum that just feel like they don't have any bearing when a character is making a choice that feels like it just feels like it's out of left field. Mm-hmm. But you did a little bit with Olaf. I felt like it, it, I don't know. It was a very strange thing. I think it's, it's mostly the Olaf thing. But yeah. that's me. That's my interpretation. Yeah. And it's, and I've, I, I think the discussion really has helped in that respect. Yeah. After like discussing it, like now a lot of things are in place for me after like, okay, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, with, uh, with the second, uh, in terms of the second frozen, I do think it's something that does work, uh, a second viewing because it is something that is very internal. Like it is a lot of internal struggles and most, Movies that deal with it always require a second viewing. Yeah. And, again, not a bad thing, because there a lot of great movies have that. Memento is one of them. Another example is Fight Club is one of those, too. I can list more, and they tend to be really good films. So I think people are kind of... It's more kind of surprising, because it's coming yeah. from... It's that as, assumption that this is a Disney animated movie, and it's just going to... Makes uh, sense straight out and the And it's gate. a sequel, yeah. too. So yeah. And it's a continuation of Frozen, which... Made sense straight out the gate. Exactly. Very straightforward. So credit where credit is due, I think that the movie respected its audience enough to not have to go like, well, here's a montage of the last three years. Yes. We don't need that. No. That's not what we need. The movie does just fine just dropping us back into that world. It trusts that we know what's happened. It trusts that we can make those, you know, have enough knowledge of the characters to realize where things are now. And I'm sure that in time, if I go back, I may, I may not change my mind about that one bit with but, Olaf. Yeah. But the other stuff, I fully yeah. acknowledge everything yeah. else. And that's just, again, that's just me. But there's, there is a very good chance that you will look at it from a different lens. Yes. Exactly. Having exactly. watched it once and thought about it. Why, which is exactly. the important thing awesome. about yeah. th- these things. Because again, um, and I was, honestly, first, like, uh, with any first viewing, cause like, there's a bunch of Disney movies where I watched the fir- I watched it the first time and I was just like eh, and then I rewatched it. I'm like okay, I can see the genius behind that. That yeah. was I felt that with um, uh, Princess and the Frog. I was I picked it apart quite a bit, but then a couple of years passed and I thought of it more critically and was like oh wait, but da, da, da. and then rewatched it. I'm like wow, I can actually see the beauty in it more. Yeah, and it really is. There's a lot of good in that film, um, but the problem is people only. Unfortunately, general audiences only see a movie once, and they just want to know everything yeah. that happens once. They make their their jump decisions about it, and yeah. they, they don't give it another chance. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what's interesting, too, is uh, we're going to be putting that into effect pretty soon, that idea. Because uh, we are now, with this discussion pretty much covered, we've only got Raya, which I've never seen. No, we've never seen that before. And... Um, and in Kanto, which I've only seen once, and I'm looking forward to watching it again because having watched it the first time, having formed an opinion, but knowing that I'm going to watch it again, and then hearing other people discuss it and seeing the breakdown of people's thoughts about it, I'm actually really fascinated to revisit it and see if my perspective of the movie 
is different, especially on with it so close to me having watched it the first time yeah. to yes. the second time. Agreed. That being said, I think now is the time we put this on ice. Yes. <laughs> my, my friends, it has been an absolute joy. Always. To have you both on the show, to hear your thoughts, your opinions, your rants, <laughs> your pontifications, and your deep, deep insights. And I am so grateful to have you not only in the show, but in our lives. I'm gonna get real. So, yeah. So, um... Sean, where can they find you? Another episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Sean Bean, the Alpha Wolf Dagron. That's Dagron like Dagron, not like Dragon. He's on Twitch. Go find him on Twitch, watch him play games. He streams on Twitch. It's super It's fun. a lot of fun. Yeah. I generally enjoy this, the streams I've had the time to like jump in on, and they're, they're super enjoyable, no matter what he's playing. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I mean it. <laughs> and uh, we all love you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Warm hugs incoming. Ah! <laughs> 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 was, That's the noise that it's gonna is that, end. Is that how we're gonna end it? Oh, I'm Angie Viper on social media. I'm mostly active on Instagram, but if you don't like social activism, then you should probably not follow me because it's pretty much all my account is anymore. <laughs> but I do cosplay sometimes. Huzzah! Warm hugs. Warm hugs. Warm hugs. This podcast is a part of the Benview Network. You can find this and other podcasts like it at BenviewNetwork.com.